The folklore in Kid Cryptid wouldn't exist if it weren't for the rich history and vibrant cultures these stories come from. While we do our best to provide accurate information, we recognize that we are, at best, amateurs here. This podcast is best considered for entertainment purposes only, and it comes from a place of love and respect for the peoples behind the lore. Now, on with the show. Hello there, I'm Sean. I'm Elias. And you're listening to Kid Cryptid, the podcast where father and son sit down to tackle stories of the elusive and wily creatures just out of sight known as cryptids. So I was thinking we would lighten things up this episode after talking about the Wendigo. Yeah. Yeah, it was a little dark, huh? Very. Yeah, so we're going we're gonna to go a little bit more fun this time, I think. And since it's St. Patrick's Day, or at least it is now, uh, it definitely won't be when this airs. I figured we would tackle something from Irish folklore. You got any guesses? The leprechaun. It is time for leprechauns. You are correct. Now, technically, they're not cryptid since they aren't animals, and there really isn't a whole lot of debate about whether they're real or not. Still, their place in Irish folklore is indisputable, and it makes them kind of cryptid adjacent. Like, leprechauns just want to do dirty tricks, not kill people. Like the Wendigo. Yeah, which is why I said we were going to do something a little a yeah. little nicer this week. But I don't think pranks are nice, but they're kind of silly. Um yeah, we'll see where this goes cuz uh the the leprechaun's tr- pranks weren't always just silly. They got a little they were a little meaner bef- in the early days. But then they got I don't know if they got like nicer. Yeah, I guess, well, this is something we're going to have to find out a little bit more about, huh? Yeah. Okay, so, since you already seem to know a little something about leprechauns, why don't you go ahead and tell me what you know? Well, they like gold. They, um, they have green suits. They have an orange beard. I don't know if they have a mustache, but, um, they're also very tiny. Okay, that sounds like you have a pretty good idea of what leprechauns look like today. What if I told you that they weren't always like that? Um, that I would be, like, confused? Well, they have been around for over a thousand years, so they've had a lot of time to change. Oh my god. So, let's go back to the beginning, shall we? Yes. Since that is your favorite place to start. Yeah. Now, to start back at the beginning, it's not entirely sure where leprechauns come from, or at least the word leprechaun. Uh, They've kind of existed always as a concept. Now, some scholars trace the origin of the word back to the 8th century and the word leucorpane, which means small body. But at that time, they were considered small warriors who lived underwater. In this version... There were males and females, unlike just the male-only leprechauns today. So, when I think of, like, um, a leprechaun underwater, I think that it has a blue suit on, because water's blue. Now, they did still have some of those, uh, that early tricky nature as well. The female leprechauns in particular were... One of their favorite hobbies was to lure human men off onto wild and crazy adventures. 
Now we're going to jump 800 years to the 1600s. And at this point, stories of the Leith Brogan, meaning shoemaker, appeared. So this seems like the next evolution of the word. Shoemaker? Yeah, leprechauns were shoemakers, actually. And it's from this version that the leprechauns as we know them today began to take their shape. They kept their small size, but they moved from the water to living in tunnels underground. Yay! And leprechauns at that point were primarily known as the shoemakers of the fairy world. Fairies were known to dance a lot. And so they wore through their shoes really fast, so they constantly needed new shoes. It was leprechauns' jobs to make those shoes for the fairies. Now, just because they were skilled workers, it doesn't mean they were nice. So, does this mean the leprechauns charged them for money? Oh, they definitely made money off of the fairies for making the shoes. They, so, they, yes, they were greedy, but they also were grumpy. Um, why would they be grumpy are they mad because they moved away from their um underwater thing and had to do a hard job it doesn't really say why they were like that but it seems i mean that seems like a reasonable explanation but these shoemakers were definitely grumpy and mischievous and they usually kept to themselves but every now and then they would choose to come up above ground and at that time, they were known for wearing red coats, and they were usually pretty dirty, their hair was all messy, they stunk, and they smoked pipes, usually stuffed with, like, bird droppings and other nasty things. Now, rather than pulling harmless pranks, these guys were known for stealing babies and then selling them back to fairies. So they would steal the babies, and then they would sell them back to the person that had the baby? Oh, no, they would steal human babies and sell the human babies to the fairies. That's a big baby. It is. But when you think you're a tiny fairy, and then now you've got a human baby for a slave that's going to grow into somebody bigger. So yeah, leprechauns weren't so nice then. They also had a tendency of expecting people to leave tributes out for them. So if they came to a house and somebody hadn't left out tobacco for them, or milk, or something to drink, or food, they would then take it upon themselves to do mean things to the people in the house. Tobacco? Well, for their pipes, so they didn't have to smoke bird poop. Oh. So if they came to a house that didn't leave them an offering, they'd cause pots to boil over. They would make milk go bad and sour and get chunky. We know how much we love that, right? No. And they were even known to uh, curse children to talk backwards. Wait, what? It's the weird... Why are you talking like that? Elias, this isn't funny. Okay, hold on. I gotta take care of something. Okay, I think everything is back in order now, so we can get started again. You you ready? Yes. You're You're done with the talking backwards thing? Let me just tell you this. I did not get cursed. I think what you want, we all heard it. You're fine. Are, yeah. you, are you up to the task now? Yes. All right, we'll do this. Now, jumping forward 200 years, the leprechaun changed again. Thanks to poets such as William Butler Yeats and William Allingham, the little folk of today came into focus. Unlike the grouchy, messy version from earlier, these guys wore fashionable green suits, often with lots of buttons and fancy leather shoes, and they kept their red beards neatly groomed. 
They usually wore a green hat of some sort, and their skill as a shoemaker had made them sizable fortunes, which they kept hidden from greedy humans. Now they were lucky pranksters who enjoyed making music almost as playing tricks. The first leprechaun that we heard about, the shoemakers, were grouchy. The second ones that we're hearing about now are just nice. Yeah, they're kind of happy-go-lucky, and they like playing tricks. You also forgot about the aquatic warriors. This is kind of a jump, isn't it? The aquatic warriors. If I had to think of a leprechaun underwater and they had no food, they would have to kill a fish. Yeah, but they started underwater. Well, yeah. Have you ever tried to catch a leprechaun? Um, yes I have. Alright, I have too, so go ahead and tell me yours. Um, well, one day when I went to school, I, um, I was in kindergarten. Then after St. Patrick's Day, I, um, went into my classroom and then there was this big trail. And then my teacher said, hey, who wants to go find, who wants to follow this trail to the, to the leprechaun? And I, and I raised my hand, nobody else did. So I did that, and then I just, it led to the door, and I was like, I pretty much went in the circle. Yeah, they're tricky like that. that that's kind of like my story. Uh, I was really little, too. I was in preschool. Hmm. And uh, I remember there were a bunch of green footprints all over the place. And so my class and I followed the footprints all over the building. Until finally, we came to an open window where the prince just stopped. We didn't catch the leprechaun either, did you? No. Yeah, but I didn't think so. We didn't get the gold. There's a difference. You said there was footprints for years. Mine, there was just green stripes. Huh. Ours looked like little green feet. Hmm. Maybe the leprechaun for mine just wanted to, like, make a paint line. <laughs> Maybe he was riding a bicycle. <laughs> That'd be funny. All right, so how about a couple of leprechaun stories? Yay. Well, we can do that. So the first story involves a very lucky farmer who managed to catch a leprechaun. Excited, he demanded that the leprechaun show him where the treasure was buried. The leprechaun did as he was told because he really wanted to go free. Unfortunately, the farmer didn't have a shovel with him and had to go back and get one. This is not going to end well. It usually doesn't with leprechauns. Tying a piece of red cloth around a tree branch to mark the spot, he set the leprechaun free on the condition that the leprechaun could not move the cloth. So the leprechaun agreed. And what do you think happened next? Do you think the farmer got his treasure? No. Why not? Because um, leprechauns like the prank. So when the farmer came back, he found that all of the tree branches now had red ribbons tied to them and he couldn't figure out where the treasure was buried. So I have to ask you now, did the leprechaun cheat? No, I don't think so. I mean, he did not untie the ribbon. He didn't untie the ribbon. He kept his promise, but he didn't, he didn't, like, the farmer didn't be specific. He, like, the farmer didn't tell him to not make any other ribbons on branches and that's the farmer's fault so i've got another story 
Uh, This one involves a young lady who managed to catch a leprechaun. Once again, she's caught the leprechaun, and she's demanded that he take her to the treasure. Now, as the leprechaun is doing so, the woman begins to hear a buzzing sound from behind her. The leprechaun yells that she's being followed and chased by a swarm of bees. Leprechauns. Terrified, she turns around, only to see nothing but blue sky. Angry that the leprechaun has tricked her, she soon finds out that the leprechaun has also vanished, leaving her alone and nowhere near the treasure. So you can't take your eyes off of them either. Now, some stories, rather than looking for treasure, involves a captured leprechaun giving a coin to somebody from their pouch. Now, once the leprechaun was freed, the coin would either return to the leprechaun or would simply turn into a pile of leaves and blow away. Now, lastly, people also believed that leprechauns could grant wishes if you caught them. Uh, Excuse me? Yeah, they were kind of like a genie, apparently, except you didn't have to rub a lamp. You just had to catch the little guys, which was probably harder than finding the magic lamp. Maybe a lamp would be like their home? Now, do you think the, the wishes worked out any better than the pot of gold? No. So here's a story about a man named Seamus who was lucky, or unlucky enough, if depending on how you look at it, to catch a leprechaun. He wished to be the richest man on a tropical island. Doing as commanded, the leprechaun transported him to an island and showered him with riches. However, the island was deserted, with no pubs, no food, no people, no water. Seamus quickly got bored and wished to go back to Ireland, which was granted. Um, he said Tropical Island. The island that he went to was deserted. It could still be tropical. The leprechaun did everything he was asked. But maybe it was a tropical island? Yeah, I mean, deserted just means there's nobody on it. It's not a desert island, it's deserted. Well, also deserted means there's going to be nothing. Exactly, but it could still be tropical. So this comes back to what you said before about not being very specific. I feel like the man should have said, like, take me to a tropical island that has people and food and water on it. And is not deserted. And the leprechaun probably would have found some way to make it not what he wanted. Leprechauns are masters at finding loopholes. But if you know leprechauns, they like to do pranks. So with all of that in mind, what lessons did you learn from those stories? Um, well, I learned that you should never take an eye, I mean, your eye off of a leprechaun, and you should always be specific to leprechaun those are the only things that i know how about getting rich quick never works well you have to work for what you get yeah you do have to work for what you get all right so i think i think this will be a nice place to stop with this one just since it's a, a nice light easy episode yeah me too this was a short one no you're right so let's wrap it up. Despite being decidedly fairy tale creatures, leprechauns still find themselves welcome in pop culture today. They've become symbols of luck and riches, and while people of Ireland may get a little annoyed by it at times, the legends and lore help bring in thousands of tourists each year. These modern leprechauns aren't so hard to find, really. 
They can be spotted on anything from cereal boxes to sports teams' logos. This crafty and ever-evolving trickster is with us for the long haul. And as long as people keep chasing rainbows and the magical pots of gold at the ends of them, the leprechaun won't be going anywhere anytime soon. Yep, and that cereal box that you talked about is Lucky Charms. I appreciate you not trying to do a fake Irish accent for that. It's been really hard for me to resist doing it as well. Yeah. And with that, I'm Sean. I'm Elias. And you've been listening to Kid Cryptid. Until next time. <laughs>